1: Uh, with us to kick off the show today actually we got several guests that are going to join us uh, on board today but the first one is scott from Aerox. scott how you doing buddy i'm
2: doing fantastic greg it's great to be back again well
1: absolutely and it's good to hear your voice i mean we actually uh we had a little powwow uh, you know, Dennis, uh, picked you up in his airplane, or I don't know, you went down to Fort Myers, flew up to Orlando, and then we all got together, uh, right out, uh, right down the street from headquarters at elite, uh, simulators so are going we're going to dive a little deeper into with them in just a bit, but that was a fun little, uh, uh, you know, meet and greet. Would you agree?
3: I, I would agree. Oh. It was a lot of fun for us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you guys, I mean, the journey started on your way to Orlando, in uh dennis's mooney 201 and there was it's well it's about the journey but but about making the journey interesting so you guys uh didn't necessarily take a scenic route but you did go higher right dennis and why
3: that's right because scott was actually conducting some seminars during sun and fun about the effects of oxygen and how um, you're technically hypoxic above 8,000 feet because uh, that's the. If you look at the the blood O2 graphs and things like that, as you're climbing through 8,000 feet, right. you pass the 90% oxygen saturation mark. Okay. So even though the regulations say we can legally fly up to 14,000 feet for 30 minutes, is it really a good idea? And I looked at Scott and it's like, hey, you make oxygen systems, this is your business. Can we test this? And so we put a GoPro in the airplane, grabbed a couple pulse oximeters, and one of his portable auction systems, and we went up to fourteen thousand feet on our way to Orlando.
1: So the goal yeah. here, Scott, was to make Dennis pass out, or what? Well, that's
2: always the goal. But we <laughs> wanted to test. <laughs> we wanted to test ninety-one two eleven, and uh, you know, you're studying for your private pilot written again, so. Yeah. 91 to 11 says that uh, you can fly without oxygen for 30 minutes above 12,500 feet. Right, which we know isn't really safe, and we wanted to test that hypothesis again. So we went up to 12, uh, uh, almost 14,000 feet, but so we were above 12,500 for almost exactly 30 minutes. And I don't know what do you what do you say, Dennis? I, th- I think we proved it, right? Well, what happened? We, we definitely.
3: Yeah. Um, well, the pulse oximeter that I had on my fingertip was showing sixty three percent was uh-huh. my lowest that I saw. That's not does good. that sound good? No, no, because Scott, what is it? Uh, at ninety percent, the doctors are rushing you into an oxygen mask and stuff at the hospital, right? Yep,
2: yep, that's right. There's uh, the alarms are set for 90 percent th- because we. Uh, I asked the nurse when we were, my wife was getting stitches uh, a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah. Okay, so at 68%, did uh, Dennis, did you look at Dennis's face? Did he look like a spurf or or what happened, Scott?
2: No, well, you know, we, we what's what's interesting about it is that you really don't realize what's going on while you're in the middle of it. So, you know, we were talking back and forth and I kept asking him how you doing? How you doing? And you know, he was uh, he was fine and I'm I'm looking around the cockpit, but one of the things that we noticed is soon as we threw the oxygen uh, on uh, after our thirty minutes above twelve thousand five hundred feet the the and I remarked to him that the grain in the and in the instrument panel became much sharper hmm. and uh, you know it was something you, you really didn't notice it but but when you put the oxygen on and, and your vision really came into focus, you realize how much you know, how much acuity you were losing by by being that hypoxic
1: got it it's it's kind of like uh you know, you have a few cocktails like, Oh, I'm fine. And then and then you sober up or or you are <laughs> you That is exactly
2: what it's like. Yeah. Exactly. But it's more instant,
1: I, mean, you're, you're,
2: you're, I guess, right? Yep. 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 You're basically flying impaired.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And, it's very insidious. So it's same. Yep. Yeah, yeah. it sneaks up on you. Right, right. So so the point of this experiment was just to, I don't know, just see how you functioned in that uh that Frame of mind there, Dennis, or what do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, it has been a long time since I did an altitude chamber ride, so this was, you know, kind of more of a practical application of what you know what may be legal might not be exactly safe, and you know, we had a little bit of fun with it because we, you know, we went up to go see you. Okay, that was a good excuse to go, right? But we put a GoPro in there, recorded it. we were getting the cockpit audio, so we're at fourteen thousand feet, and air traffic controls asking us, you know, what our intentions are. I'm replying back to them, you know, normal. It didn't, you know, to me, I don't think I was impaired at all, but I could tell, you know, as we're recapping everything after the flight, it's like, well, you know, I was kind of feeling, you know, like little, little jitters maybe, or some things like that, that was maybe probably the effects of the lack of oxygen up there, but I felt fine. I didn't think that there was anything wrong. I could have kept going for hours, probably, but I wouldn't have, you know, been any, worse off i didn't think
1: well you, you guys didn't have uh, like a control where you you could uh have somebody who was on oxygen and then say hey you sound like you're drunk dennis i don't know what you're saying i mean well, i'll edit up the video and okay. we'll put it
3: up on youtube you guys can come back to us in, in the comments section and let us know
1: right how's that oh i mean did you talk about any kind of weird stuff like uh you know when you're up there did you find yourself wandering off Mentally, no, we weren't bit.
3: discussing UFOs or, you know, any okay. sort of, uh, you know,
1: well, the moral of, of this test or the, the purpose was just to show that uh, having that su- supplemental oxygen can really benefit you, even though you may not realize it. Uh, it's probably good to have that, uh, you know, in your back pocket or on the airplane. If you find yourself in that situation where you have to fly at that altitude, it can make a big difference. Right.
3: Yes, and the other thing that we thought, uh, you know, collectively was that you know this is a good, re- you know, good reason that people that are on the East Coast we don't have to generally deal with uh, crossing mountains. So, oh, I don't need oxygen; I'm not going that high. At fourteen thousand feet, it was absolutely smooth, and the glide range from where we were, we could have actually shut the power off at fourteen thousand feet and glided right into Orlando Executive. You know, it gives you a lot more options because you're up high. But it was so smooth. So quiet up there. There was no traffic because all the little planes are down low and all the airliners are up high. You're kind of in that spot where nobody else is. Yeah. So if you have it, it opens up a lot more options for cross country flying. And on top of that, the Mooney was doing 150 knots on nine gallons an hour. Wow. At 14,000 feet. Very. That efficient. is very efficient. Very cheap flying, and you can go a long way.
1: Well, without the supplemental oxygen, there, uh, Scott. My only uh, caveat to you guys' little uh, test would be like if you're up there at fourteen thousand feet, well, or sixteen or whatever it was, and uh, you weren't thinking straight, I'm like, hey, let's go ahead and glide down. Why not? No, well, <laughs> well, you'll sober up have, on the way down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did have the cannula on and,
2: uh, and 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 ready to ready to turn the valve on as soon as we felt something uh, something weird. Yeah, uh, but we did. We weren't. Uh, we weren't thinking about pushing the nose over into a dive and skydiving out or anything yeah. crazy like that. Well, <laughs> yeah,
1: like you said, it would just hit. It hit you immediately as soon as you came down. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you are a little bit, we have this whole thing in diving where you get narked at depth. Yep. Is exactly opposite, but the effects of feeling drunk or you start talking to fish and stuff like that. I I just wonder if it's the same kind of thing at altitude there, Dennis. You're a diver.
3: I think it is because I'm trying to remember back to my Air Force training, but they took us up to twenty five thousand feet in the chamber and and had us not on any oxygen like that, and we did things like that. Everybody got to experience their own hypoxic symptoms, and it's a long time thirty years. I don't remember it, but. You know, it was pretty, pretty vivid at the time, but I, again, I thought I was perfectly fine. And the uh, instructors telling me, put the mask on, put your mask on. And I was trying to argue with them. No, I'm fine. Yeah. So that thing that I remember the whole insidiousness of it, you don't realize that you're impaired. We were also noticing that, you know, our, our automation that we have these days is really helpful for flight popped an alert on both of our iPads, telling us that the cabin altitude had reached 12,000 feet. The iPads nowadays have barometric sensors in them that can actually measure the pressure. There you go. So it's telling you, hey, are you drunk?
1: What are you doing? Get some oxygen in your system, you big dummy. I don't think the alert's like that, unless you're hypoxic. We should get custom
3: alerts, so we will ask them for that. There you go.
1: Scott, if they want to get some Aerox in their aircraft, what's the website?
2: It's Aerox.com, or
1: uh, distributors like Aircraft Spruce also uh, sell our equipment. Excellent. All right, we got
0: more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
1: Who dares approach the great and powerful Roz? Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Silence! The great and powerful Roz knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201? Silence! The magnificent Roz has every intention of granting your request. Great! But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus vision jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing i think i'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty oh, okay
0: you got me uh, just a man behind the curtain with an aircraft spruce catalog pretty cool though huh you don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane you need aircraft spruce and specialty supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years aircraft spruce and specialty call 877-4-SPRUCE 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraft that's aircraft spruce.com Lane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Maybe I should learn to fly. It's not too late, right? I could learn. What do you like best? The freedom? The view?
3: The solitude.
0: Man!
1: This is just playing radio Gregor co-pilot, that's me law Captain Dennis. All right, so uh, Dennis and uh, Scott flew up, did that little uh, altitude test with the supplemental oxygen from Aerox with Scott uh, and that was kind of an interesting little uh, you know uh, I don't know it wasn't a scientific experiment, but it was kind of just a fun little thing to do, right, Dennis?
3: Yeah, I think I, I gained a better appreciation for my own uh, abilities and how I handle the altitude and things like that. And I definitely am going to want to invest in a better oxygen system for myself because I think uh, the Mooney seems to be very happy up at higher altitudes. And uh, I think the oxygen would be a good thing to have, even if I'm just you know cruising, even though it's legal. Um, I think we're going to be better off having supplemental
1: oxygen. Well, exactly. And it worked for Michael Jackson. I mean, he used to get on well, that yeah. stuff just for... You it's know. just not
3: practical to add it to the whole cockpit. It'll be just much easier just to have the little thing in your nose and read right. it. So.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it makes it last longer or something. Uh, you know. Hey, maybe if it takes a couple of years off my life. That's just more years to fly, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, well, it doesn't take well, it off. It adds two Yeah, yes, sorry. It adds to say. my... Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Strike that, reverse it. <laughs> exactly. There you go. All right. So Wayne is our guest now, though, uh, and he was kind of... Yeah, the you know the reason why Scott and Dennis flew to Orlando wasn't to see me. <laughs> it's like, "Hey Greg, we want to go up to Elite Air uh aircraft simulators and they're right down the street from uh, Just Plain Radio headquarters and uh let's let's meet at that place." And I was shocked how close it is. Wayne, welcome to Just Plain Radio. How are you? Oh,
4: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your visit last week. Well, it was uh, really
1: enjoyed having you. They they, uh, definitely rolled out the red carpet for our crew, which is uh, (laughs) quite nice. And uh, we got to see, you know, a little glimpse behind the curtain of what goes into these uh, aircraft simulators, which is pretty intense. You guys uh, at Elite have been around for how long, Wayne?
4: Well, Elite's actually been around for over 30 years. We started out in the the home IFR training software, which was originally on a Mac computer. And uh, and so that was in the late 80s. And since then, uh, we've evolved and changed to where we still have IFR training software. But now, we, you know, the last 22 or three years, we've been making FAA-approved trainers mm-hmm. for flight schools and universities and people at home, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, this is hardcore stuff. I mean, they, they do the gamut, but, uh, but it, it can get very, very technical uh, as we spent some quality time in their demo room. I, when we walked in there, I was like, whoa, ho, ho, this is a pilot's dream, Dennis. This is Chuck E. Cheese for pilots. Exactly.
3: Right? It was. I'm going to fly <laughs> that one or that one
1: and we yeah. did we uh, did a little bit of all of them i mean but uh but it's kind of interesting uh we we just were chatting with wayne at uh, sun and fun and then we realized like wait where are you at again you're you're right down the street from our recording studio what's the, what's the deal why didn't we know this so it's kind of nice neighbors. yeah exactly so it was a long time coming, but we made it happen, and we uh, saw what goes into these things, which just make makes you appreciate what they do even more. But uh, but those Sims that they offered, Dennis, you you were in uh, seventh heaven. Right.
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, as, as we talked uh, during the visit, um, I have been a fan of flight simulators since I was in high school. I mean, that's honestly what got me into the career that I'm in today. And my, a lot of my interest in aviation had to do with simulators back on the Apple II computer. So, you know, I've been, I've had pretty much every Microsoft flight simulator and other products that, you know, over the years. And it's, I've always had something. I've got one behind me right now in the studio. Right. Uh, so it, it To me, to to go see this actual, here's the IFR Sims, this is the same one that I trained on at the FBO back in Minnesota when I was getting my instrument rating. They had an Elite uh, that they would rent out to the students there. So that, you know, being able to see the manufacturer and the people behind it was really kind of, for me, coming full circle on the whole simulator experience.
1: No doubt. And, And Wayne, you guys do run the gamut from, you know, a desktop system, which would be, you know, higher than what you would get, like, you know, at a consumer level you know flight sim it's a step above right. that stuff is what elite does it starts there but man it goes up to the whole thing where you have you know the nose cone or the aircraft i mean a hardcore uh professional simulator that a flight school uh would have and, and in your demo room i mean you have all these toys to play with how do you guys get any work done <laughs>
4: i mean come on sometimes it's it's hard to stay instrument current even though The devices are just down the hallway. So, uh, you know, but that that's really one of the things that, you know, at a place like Sun and Fun that, you know, people are still amazed even after five or six or seven years since these devices have been approved to maintain your instrument currency at home by yourself without an instructor it has to be an fa approved system to do that but right. people every day down there were saying like you can do what you yeah. can you can have this fa approved system at home and maintain your rating if people are listening and they don't realize it once your instrument rated you need to maintain that it's called recency of flight experience and it involves doing six approaches and a hold and, and a tracking to a station. Uh, and you need to do that every six months uh, or else you can lose your instrument rating or at least your currency. And right. you would have to go back and do an IPC, which is almost like having a check ride again. So the ability to do this at home or at your local airport, if somebody has one of our systems and and they rent it out, even without the instructor, you could just use it there and, and do those approaches and stay current. And our, um, our philosophy is sort of like, uh, you know, safety, proficiency, and confidence. Because often some somebody will have an IFR rating, but then they never use it. They just don't feel confident using it. And, uh, you know, a system like this at home or at their local flight school, they can, you know, gain that confidence uh, that's so needed when You're flying in the, the soup,
1: no doubt. And, and uh, from a CFI perspective, Dennis, what do you love about these elite uh simulator systems?
3: Well, they're one of the lower cost systems out there and they're flexible, you can start off small and build it. Um, but you know, it's I just like the fact that they focus on the task at hand instead of trying to be this great big, you know, fancy box. You know, the way they have that, if you want, if you have the big flight school, but for a smaller CFI or even a flying club. They have an affordable option that is, that scales to, to meet the different needs. Yeah. You know, you're not having, it's not a one-size-fits-all. You have to buy this great big full-motion simulator that's, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 Right, and um, it's FAA
1: the, approved, which is that's a big, the big, thing. big, big thing. Yeah, because you can have your, you know, your little yoke and can practice on X-Plane, but it really doesn't count for nothing unless you have one of these officially approved FAA systems like they do at Elite. Uh, Wayne, the website for Elite is what, if they want more info? That
4: would be flyelite.com. dot
1: E.com. Simple enough. Check them out, visit them, and uh, maybe they'll even show you their demo room. We got more coming up on Just Plane Radio.
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as
1: you can drive.
0: off with just plain radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle all right guys here we go we got top
2: seven answers on the board mid-flight you'd hate to hear
0: the pilot say
2: rj we're gonna crash we're gonna crash (laughs) all right paul we need this one buddy yeah this is your chance Howdy, folks! This is your captain speaking. Sorry to inform you that I'm blank, lost. <laughs> I like that. Lost. Oh. Oh.
1: <laughs> this is just plain radio. Gregor, co-pilot. That's me, law with Captain Dennis. We are navigating the latest aviation news and information, sharing a few little anecdotes as well on Dennis's trip to Orlando. Uh, you know, he tested out the altitude stuff and they basically drilled home the fact that you probably should have that supplemental oxygen if you want to go over uh, 12,000 feet and know you're still staying safe. Even if it's less than, you know, 30 minutes, you know, uh, it does have an impact, uh, you know, so it's something to think about. Maybe get one of those Aerox systems. And then he got here. And uh, we uh, played with a bunch of flight sims for for an hour. So, an elite flight simulator in Orlando, which was a uh, that was a blast. Really well, and was I really think fun. that
3: the the best part of that trip was, and the audience will not believe this, but we got Greg in the cockpit. That's true. Sure, it was a simulator, yeah. but I got you in the cockpit, and I don't know if you noticed it, Greg, but there was a change when you sat down in there and put that yoke in your hand and ran the throttle up and started taking off. It was, com- I-, I could see the spark was there. Oh, yeah. You were actually genuinely having a good time. And, uh, Scott from, uh, Aerox was taking some pictures for us. So I'm going to get some of that up on the webpage here or up on YouTube or a combination of that. So we- people can see that no kidding. I got Greg in the cockpit. That's so we're right. getting closer. We're working on your medical. Mm-hmm. We got your pilot, uh, ground school going. Making I got progress. you in a simulator. Yep. Hey. We might actually make this thing happen yet.
1: Yeah, it could happen. Yeah, it, you know that flight sim. It felt very real. I, I thought for sure I was gonna, you know, take off. I, I knew taking off would be fine, but I'm I'm gonna crash this thing. <laughs> you watch. But I landed it. It wasn't exactly the perfect landing. I wasn't quite but, on the center line, but, uh, but I got it down. And But uh, you took
3: a turboprop PC-12 off right? out of Orlando International yeah. Airport, and you flew to Orlando Executive right. and landed on runway 25, just like you had done in training. How many times you landed on that runway? Quite Came over few. the lake at the end and everything. It looked exactly like it.
1: And you could and have we, flown the flight sim after I was done with it. Right. <laughs> right
3: do you remember where we parked though when we stopped the sim where were we parked
1: right there at uh, flight training professionals it, yeah.
3: and it had it right in the sim the hangar and everything with the building off to the side it was exactly like it so it was really kind of fun yeah uh, that was a good time
1: it was coming full circle so yeah i'm i'm, I'm getting at it it's going to be a long drawn out process but uh but i am working it so we'll uh we'll cover it accordingly but there's some other aviation news and information that we need to address we've kind of held back on this one story about this youtuber who crashed his airplane created a big stink uh you know he was accused of just doing it for for clicks for clickbait and he you know remember he jumped out of the airplane had a parachute you know and uh and filmed the whole thing and you know it was like this big stunt like oh boy you know he had a malfunction and and he captured it for youtube and, and everyone was like wait a minute this doesn't look like it's real looks like he staged this and uh you know we, we've we've been seeing this like everybody else and we've seen all the comments and and i and i think uh both dennis and i were both quite suspicious of how this was going to play out and uh probably were on board with all the uh all the other YouTube videos. The, the naysayers that yeah, said that this, like, was hey, a, this, is, this is bunk. We, we call BS. And yep. uh, yeah, we were right there with them. But finally, the FAA came out and said, yep, uh, we agree. And they revoked the guy's uh, certificate, didn't they?
3: Yeah, they they wow. pulled his pilot's license. Uh, and there's no joke. I mean, he's going to have to reapply for his pilot certificate, take his check rides and his written exam and everything all over again if he ever wants to try to fly.
1: Yeah, do you think he should? I'm not so sure. I honestly
3: bothering. don't think he. Well, like the FA said, you demonstrated a lack of care, judgment, and responsibility by choosing to jump out of an aircraft solely so you could record footage of the crash. Right. Your egregious and intentional actions on these dates indicate you presently lack a degree of care, judgment, and responsibility required of a certificate holder. Mm-hmm. That right there, <laughs> kind of in a very uh, um, lawyerish way says you're you're not responsible enough to be a pilot. And I, you know, personally would be fine if he never got in an airplane again cuz he ruined a perfectly good airplane that I would have loved to have had instead he crashed it. Right. And just so he could get YouTube views. Sorry, not no, not cool.
1: He, he got a lot of YouTube v- uh, views. There's no question about it, but most of them, I think, were uh, not positive.
3: Very derogatory. Yeah. Pretty much every high, you know high-end aviation YouTuber out there had some sort of an analysis of what he had done. Right, and they they picked it apart from day
1: one. Yeah, so you know, negative publicity is better than no publicity at all. Maybe he looks at it not that in this way. Case? Yeah, I'm not so sure that the aviation community wants him coming back. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out from that perspective.
3: But Yeah, and, but the timing of that couldn't have been better or worse depending how you look at it because yeah. the FAA just released that last week, but does anybody remember what was going on on Sunday? The red ball. Red ball plane swap. Yeah. Which sort of sounds a lot like what he was doing. Uh they actually took a little bit more planning into it, but Either way, they were jumping out of perfectly good airplanes with no pilots in them, and it, to do a stunt. I didn't think the
1: FAA was going to be too happy about that,
3: and they uh, weren't. They weren't. Yeah, they, uh, they turns uh, out denied. they didn't have permission.
1: Yeah, yeah, they denied uh, the permission. And, and what I'm not clear on: did they deny it, and then they just went ahead and did it anyway, or did they get uh, the fir- the first attempt? Was denied, and then they said, "Well, okay, if you do this." Or I, I wasn't sure what happened with that a particular thing, other than knowing it did end very poorly.
3: <laughs> for yeah, um, and yeah, no, spoiler: uh, yeah. one of the planes worked, one of them didn't. Um, so yeah, uh, no, the denial letter was sent out saying it's uh, they can see no public interest in being served by this stunt, and that the stunt might affect public safety. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I don't think that they. I think they just went ahead and did it anyway because of they had all the marketing push behind it. They had the three hour Hulu live stream event going on to right. just, you know to make a big deal of it. And so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Luke and Andy, the the two skydivers, mm-hmm. uh, wind up getting a similar letter from the FAA that uh, Trevor Jacob just got. Well, uh, because I
1: think it, it was not good how it went. I mean, nobody was hurt, thank goodness. But uh, as soon as they jumped out of their planes their respective planes you know one of the guys got to the other plane but the other plane as soon as he jumped out of it uh, immediately
3: went into a spin yeah
1: i was like uh, and then you even hear the video guy going oh wait a minute that don't look right (laughs) i was like "Uh uh-oh and so they pretty much knew i think right away something was amiss and uh you know he was able to uh get his safety chute open and he came down you know back down to earth fine but the plane didn't
3: Well, and uh, they did have a ballistic parachute in that, in both of the airplanes. We found out after the fact because. Um, as that airplane was spinning out of control, they did deploy a parachute, but it was very shortly before it actually impacted that the parachute deployed, and oh. we did see some footage uh, on the internet afterward. the The airplane is not salvageable, right. so it yeah. was not a very soft landing. But at least it didn't, you know, crash unattended into a field. They they did at least try to mitigate the risk, but mm-hmm. uh, still not good.
1: Yeah. So the moral so, of both of these stories is just don't do stupid stuff.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't do things with unoccupied airplanes it's a bad thing yeah
1: i mean uh yeah maybe clickbait maybe i don't know i don't see the appeal of that kind of stuff it's like jackass and i I don't know combining well i
3: think that's a that's a perfect it's the aviation version of jackass we don't
1: need it it doesn't do anything good for uh pilots and aviation in general so you know take that stuff move it to different you know other types of activities and uh leave us out of it because uh You know, we got enough trouble, as it is, dealing with real issues, maybe. So, I'm off the soapbox. That's my two cents. All right, uh, lifestyle of the aviator. We're going to get into that a little bit next. Stay close to Just Plane Radio.
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
1: Hold on, he's flying the plane. It's an autopilot. I say these hands were takeoffs and landings. I mean, does a surgeon do the middle of an operation? Yes. You don't know. You're is just plain radio Greg, your co-pilot that is me along captain dennis and our buddy from the radio network talk media network is uh josh he's with us right now living the life uh he just uh took off what were you flying josh what was it
5: i was flying uh dennis's old favorite the mooney m20 j201 right. 1978 version
1: sweet and
5: yeah. you, uh old taking six pack With a 430 loss, you know. All
1: right. And you were doing a little, uh, this was just like a fun little adventure to take the missus out, go explore, that kind of thing. And you had a a fun uh, little outing. Is that right? Leaving from where, exactly?
5: We did have a fun outing. Uh, We took off from home airport of Gaithersburg, uh, GAI, in Maryland. And then we headed south to Virginia, uh, down to the Smith Mountain Lake area, where they have this great little runway and airport. Um, It is Whiskey Niner One. And what's really cool down there is this little hidden gem of a bed and breakfast called Bedford Landings.
1: Uh huh. Very close to Bedford Falls, I guess, right? Or no?
5: Uh, It is in Bedford County. Okay. We'll just go with that. From a road sign.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's a wonderful place. I'll just go with that. How about that? So, uh, So you found this yeah. little uh, this little gem near the airport. So what you land your plane, and they have their own little uh, hangar right by the airport, and that's where the bed and breakfast is, or how'd you how'd you stumble across this place?
5: So I can't remember how we heard about it, but of course you researched things online. We picked it out. They have four different guest rooms, all themed. We stayed in the flying room. Nice. And so I had forgotten. Oh, great! What end of the runway are they at when we come in? Right. So I land and i'm just I'm rolling out, and there is Jack he's one of the owners of the property. He and his wife Karen run the place, and there he is with his marshalling batons huh. signaling me in. How about and that so we just we make the turn off, and uh he he directs me where to shut down and I parked right outside of his hangar and this guy's a retired mechanical engineer, and i they're there's probably nothing he can't build because he had a two-seater biplane in his hangar. Nice. And an RV-10 in mint condition. And he's in the process of building a boat hmm. by hand. I think he's carving it.
1: Okay. Well, he's by a <laughs> and, by a lake. I guess he needs a boat, too, then it sounds like, right?
5: Yeah. Yeah, he's got a CD for that, though, parked in there. He's got all of his toys in the hangar, right? Yeah. Uh and when we pulled in, we were we were a little behind schedule, um, and we hadn't had lunch yet, and they have a courtesy car for the property. And he says, well, somebody's got the, the car out already, but do you know how to drive a stick? Hmm. And I said, yeah, my first car was a stick. Now, this is 28 years ago. Right. And Don't <laughs> so tell him. He, yeah. <laughs> he tosses me the keys to his Miata. So wow. the wife and I, you know, we... We put our bags in the room and it's it's perfectly decorated. In fact, there's a huge seaplane hanging from the ceiling above the bed when Excellent. you walk in. Yep. Nice little loft area. Uh he, he even had a local artist paint these sceneries, like there's one outside by the hot tub, and then there's another one up in the loft, and it's it's scenery of the Smith Mountain Lake area. Then the artist put a silhouette of him flying his biplane. <laughs> in in the scenic paintings which cool. is cool.
1: That is very it, cool.
5: Yeah, a great little place. Um they had all the amenities. They make you feel, you know, great at home and uh they just encouraged us to take the car go into town and, and get some dinner. I love so it. So we did and yeah, we yeah. had the little red convertible. You
1: got to love noise. that. Yeah, you know, it sounds like they went above and beyond. I, I'm looking at the website bedfordlandings.com. Yeah, it says beds, breakfast, and hangers. (laughs) So it's definitely, you know, a pilot's, uh, you know, paradise, it sounds like to me. And that's how you describe it, you think?
5: Yeah. They had another pilot that had flown in, but they actually flew out before we even had breakfast the following morning. Yeah. Um, And then there were two other couples there that had had drove out. Um, One of them was actually a Navy SEAL and his wife. And we got to talking at breakfast. So lots of cool well the stories we could talk about uh yeah. and then uh and they'd have to kill us amazing. right yeah <laughs>
1: right <laughs> but you say breakfast was amazing so they're good cooks and everything yeah. on top of it so so yeah, you, 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 you just ready. stumbled across this online and, and booked it and you see you're like oh my gosh this is amazing kind of thing is that it
5: that was it that was uh where we were gonna stop over for the night now I'd wanted to do a bucket list trip to Tangier Island on Saturday, but because of the timing, we flip-flopped things and said, okay, we'll do Tangier on Sunday. Okay. So after we departed the bed and breakfast, um, checkout, so we had breakfast at eight or eight thirty. Um, checkout was, I think, I think breakfast was at eight, checkout was at nine 30. Mm-hmm. And then we just flew straight over to Tangier. And uh, a little bumpy of a runway there at, on the the front end, uh, the south end of the runway. So you want to make sure that you don't land uh, too early. Yeah. but
1: Well, why is that uh, on the list? Why, what's special about Tangier?
5: So Tangier is, is also in Virginia. Okay. It's out in the Chesapeake. And the only way you get to the island, of course, is by boat or plane. Got it. And this is an island that is known for the, the fishermen and the seafood that they catch.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And the, the island is sinking. And so sometime in the next hundred years, Tangier Island is predicted not to even exist anymore.
1: Okay. So you wanted to get out there before it disappears. But, uh, Correct. But, but, your, the- but your report is that the uh, what the runway needs a little work. It's a little rough, <laughs> runway, potholes or something, or what do you mean?
5: A little bumpy, a little yeah. uneven on the south end. But there we were one of seven planes, um, small planes that had flown in, and there wasn't a whole lot open because it was early season, but yeah. Lorraine's, the restaurant, uh, was open, and I had the best fried shrimp of my life. I bet. And the rest of the seafood was great, but everything was super fresh. They're very friendly. Um, great to take a stroll around the island. You you can rent bikes or go kayaking if you want, mm-hmm. but you can literally walk anywhere.
1: Wow! And so it sounds like the it it was the perfect couples retreat or little uh, I don't know cross country that you did with the misses. Is is that a fair assumption or what?
5: It was. It it was it was great for that kind of trip. You know, the only thing I didn't have there were you guys. So.
1: Well, we would have ruined it. it (laughs) That would (laughs) would have been very weird,
5: yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But, uh, but yeah.
5: Those were the first two stops we made. And then we made our final stop before traveling back to our home airport. Yeah. At Bay Bridge Airport, uh, just across the bay from Annapolis, Maryland. Okay. And I think that's a story we're going to save for next week, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, evidently uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't without uh, its issues. This particular cross country uh, trek he took, despite the fact that it was so great at the bed and breakfast with Bedford Landings, and he had a great time with the misses, and then he got to Tangier. Check that off the box. But you know what? What's a trip without a, a, a little drama? And it sounds like he had some. He told this story to us off air. I think we do need to save this for next week, though, Dennis. Wouldn't you agree? Because we're going to have to get uh, yeah. pretty deep into this, and maybe let a little time pass. Kind of. No one. No one got hurt. <laughs> you know, but it's one of those things that we have to digest for some time. Kind of like the guy who jumped out of a plane, and and uh, you know, for YouTube and stuff. But it's not nearly as tragic, uh, right? We'll go with that for a tease. Correct.
5: It, yeah. It did have a, a, a happy ending. Okay.
1: So, all right. Yes. And from a pilot's perspective, uh, just to clarify. But uh, it was good uh, overall. Still, it was worth going. You're glad you did it. And uh, you're living the life of an aviation enthusiast, correct?
5: Correct. And okay. I got the t-shirt from Lorraine's to prove it. That's um, all that yeah.
1: matters. That and the fried shrimp. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And on uh yeah, and on that note we're gonna wrap it up till next time. Remember there is no better high than learning to fly.